A very warm welcome to this World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this World Game Changers podcast episode where today I have a returning guest, Arif Galani. Arif, a very warm welcome to you again, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Glad to be here. And Arif is uh, is resident in uh, is Canadian. is uh, is resident in Canada. Uh, on his many travels around the world, I uh, you know I've had many conversations with him recently, listeners. And you don't quite know where Arif Arif is in the world, but uh, anyway, he's here with us now. And that's the main thing. So what we thought we'd talk about was soulful leaders. You know, there's no fancy title around it, listeners. Soulful leaders. Arif, what does those two words mean to you? Soulful leaders. Soulful leaders, Paul. It's uh, to me, when I think about those two words, uh, what comes to my mind is leaders who raise the consciousness of others, really raising consciousness is about soulful leadership to me. Mm. I'm also at this stage going to bring in something that um, I've heard quite a few times, or usually quite a few times this week, Arif, and it's that term here about fixing people. We're here to fix people. We're not here to fix anyone, are we? Absolutely not. We're just here to bring awareness, to set an example. Again, leadership is about setting an example. And I love what, uh, you know, the famous quote from John Quincy Adam says that if your actions inspire others to dream more, to do more and to be more in my own little insert there, you are a soulful leader as you have been and inspiring myself, Paul. I think we just can set an example by our actions, not really to change anybody. Mm. Yes, I've quoted this many times before, listeners, many and probably actually quoted on every single episode, <laughs> because from my understanding, my awareness, more, more importantly, absolutely believe it to be true. And that's that we're not here to fix anyone. We're not here to fix ourselves. We don't need fixing. We're not robots. We're not machines. You know, we're humans and with the human experience goes lessons of learning. And the more we learn, the more we grow and the more we grow, the brighter we shine. And it brings in that quote. And no apologies, listeners, for repeating this yet again from the American Anne Lamott when she says, and I'm paraphrasing now, uh, ships don't go chasing over seas and oceans looking for boats to save. Uh, sorry, I've got that completely wrong. Lighthouses don't go chasing over seas and oceans looking for boats and ships to save. They just stand there and shine. And isn't Absolutely. That Absolutely. Paul, uh, you know, today as we speak, there's a little bit of war going on in Europe. And I wanted to bring that into the conversation for a brief moment because I've been places where you know, most people don't dare to go. There's war. But right now with what's happening in Ukraine, I think we can see a clear example of a soulful leadership. 
as uh, you know, Vladimir Zelensky was offered even asylum in um, in the United States, and he refused, and he decided to stay. And now leadership is not really leading people and armies into battlefield. Today, leadership is just setting an example. But I think he set a clear example of what a soulful leadership is and what it means to its people. Mm. There's, a, there's a growing feeling, Arif, isn't there, that that old model um, of settling conflict that, you know, I will win, I will be first. I will enforce my rule upon you, my thoughts, my opinions. That's, you know, there's an energy change in the world, isn't there? There's a shift that's saying that's old act because the heart's being allowed to breathe and speak more. And, and I'm going to bring in something which I feel is quite, uh, on the surface of it, quite a contentious statement. And certainly the more masculine energies might rebel against this. But, and I've heard this said quite a lot with, that soulful leadership from the more feminine energy of love and compassion and caring. That's the way forward. Any thoughts around that, Arif? Yeah, that's a wonderful, absolutely. And I had examples in mind to share with you of really soulful leadership with the feminine energy. You know, soulful leaders are somehow unrealistic in my mind. They, they, they break the mold. They are more of uh, visionaries, just like, uh, you know, I've studied a lot of uh, successful people, uh, a black little girl that grew up in poverty to become the first billionaire in the world of a soulful leadership in Oprah Winfrey. Uh, another example in, in that I can relate to is unrealistic again, a little um, sex slave um, from Yazidi Kurdish background called Nadia Murat, who was, uh, you know, stolen by ISIS. This this um, this uh, phenomena that uh, was shaking the foundation of civilization a few years back, who went on in 2018 to even win the Nobel Peace Prize. That's what Nadia Murat did. These are examples of really feminine. Uh, soulful leadership that uh, I thought about it would be relevant here. Mm. Yeah, there is this. Um, so I don't know. I mean, what stops us living this new way, Arif? You know, this if it is that simple, what we're speaking about, and in my heart, I really truly do believe it is that simple. So how do we then as individuals, you know, you and I uh, are just two but how do we as two become four, become eight, 16? And how do we filter that out through the world? So though this new way of being, this new, more compassionate, love-filled, heart-centered way of being conquers. And I'm even mindful of that word conquers, but that old paradigm of fear and anger and war and control. How do we overcome that, Arif? Uh, Paul, I, I've been lucky to have very powerful uh, feminine leadership role models in my life. And uh, the book that we're working on, uh, The Ministry of Miracles, the first miracle uh, really uh, built miracle creator in, in my life has been a mother figure, somebody who I really looked up. Uh, she's now in her late um, eight, 80th 
you know, 80th year, 88th birthday. And uh, I have uh, just used her as an example with other women in my life that how how to bring love and passion and always being caring, uh, you know, about the other person, even about the people in our community as I grew up. And uh, that's an example I used to really um, to showcase a soulful leadership uh, through this feminine energy. And for you and I, as male figures, all we could do is really set an example for others. And that's what I'm looking forward to with the World Game Changers organization, just to, to have a powerful story to share with other people who like to be more loving and caring and you know, under pressure, most people buckle and they would um, lose control. But all we can do is really stay calm and loving and caring throughout all the trials and, uh, you know, turbulations of life and uh, know that there's everything is possible through love and care, Paul. Mm, it is indeed. And, and is it simply... Arif, is it simply just a case of, okay, world, we need to embrace more feminine energy? Or is there a balance to be had? You know, do we, is it kind of like, almost like the proverbial yin and yang, you know, where we need that balance, that, that dance, as I call it, between the masculine and the feminine? I believe uh, there's a balance to be kept here. And uh, again, uh, the studying figures throughout history, a clear example of really a loving, caring, uh, powerful male figure would be uh, an example of uh, Jesus Christ, who so many people love and believe in. I, there's a story that when um, Jesus was going around and uh, gathering his 12 disciples, he would just look in somebody's inside, somebody's eyes and just figure out their energy. And he would, he would say that you follow me very short short speech in gathering his 12 disciples to changing the world the way that he did but i think that's if that's the purest example of male and uh, male uh, let's say uh, soulful leadership and we always do need a balance as the world just dances around in in a way of balance as we go forward paul mm, absolutely so from a personal point of view, Arif, and around your own world, your own vision, your own values, I always, not always, but I often ask this question of people that, okay, so imagine that, you know, in times to come, be that 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, whatever the time is. But as you take those last few breaths and you look back on a life of, you know, whatever that life was, uh, and that's different to, for all of us, but... You know, in that 30 seconds, as you're taking those proverbial last breaths from leaving this physical body, what would that all mean? What does that all look like to you? What's your vision for, you know, for the world? What does that feel like? What does that look like? Uh, that's a wonderful question, Paul. And I, uh, my whole uh, life is uh, being about really making and positive impact in the lives of other people as I went through so many challenges, uh, starting with war and injuries that uh, threatened my life. But as I look back uh, again uh, in recent, uh, just last year, as you know, I uh, had a chance to be care of uh, 
to my father who was in his 85th birthday who passed away that was a very humbling experience to have somebody you love so much to pass away in your arm and this is what happened to me and it just gave me a perspective of putting myself in his shoes if it was me really living this 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 worldly life and what would I have done what would I have accomplished which is one of the aspirations that I shared with you about reverse engineering life for the um the people who read the books, the people who are within the organization to take them back to that moment that I really experienced. If it was me, I wanted to be satisfied that I have made a positive impact in the lives of as many people around the world as possible. And right now, uh, you know, there's close to 8 billion people in the world and this kind of information uh, this kind of love and care and looking back at your life from at the end is more needed to be focused on than just the hustle of the day and how am I going to, you know, fix all of my problems of today versus putting yourself in that position to look back from the end or reverse engineer your thinking to say that what impact will I make when I am on my last breath? So for me personally, I want to make a positive impact in the lives of as many people as possible as I take my last breath. That would be a smile on my face leaving this planet. Mm, thank you for that share, Arif. And I just want to go back, if I may, when you alluded to the, the passing of your father. And, and yet again, it's a question I ask of people. Um, on that very poignant occasion, did you celebrate his life or did you mourn his passing? Or was it a mixture of both? Uh, absolutely. That uh, again, uh, you know, it's a very emotional moment. And as I shared with you, I have seven sisters and extended family. So there was a lot of um, a lot of uh, intent, a lot of uh, what can I tell you? How can I put it? A lot of uh, eagerness to to cry and to mourn and to, you know, the loss of our father. And I think myself seeing from my Canadian perspective, I said, this is a moment to celebrate his life. You know, he wrote books and he dedicated his life to basic freedoms of the people in the society that he lived in. It was a big accomplishment and thousands of people, 15,000 people showed up to his uh, probably funeral and to his burial. And it was such an overwhelming experience. And I said, wow, if I just could get a chance to to fulfill, you know, a little bit of his shoes. And it was a celebration, going back to your question, it was a mixture of all these emotions. But mm. in my mind, it was a celebration of his life and the way that he lived his life. And uh, as a child, I remember he never had breakfast alone and we would sit down to eat breakfast. He would wait for one or two people from the small village community that we were in to to come and to show up before he even had breakfast. So it was a kind of caring personality for other people that made uh, his life more fruitful, which we celebrated in my mind, even though there was mourning going on. So there's a balance of uh, really letting go and being in the moment of yeah. celebration, which we had. Interesting, that word balance comes into play again, listeners. It's never far away from our lips, is it? You know, the balance of life. For every day, there is a night. You know, things like that. And um, just listening to Arif talk there, 
yet again that reinforcement of of that balance. What, what looking back, Arif, what you know, we, we often speak about visions and values and, and that kind of stuff. Looking back on your late father's life and, and the legacy he left behind, what would you say was his greatest value that he instilled in you? Um, Paul, that's a very deep question. I think staying humble was his, uh, this was, this was the, um, the value that I got from all of the people who came and I was, I was, uh, very blessed to be there in that moment, but he always treated everybody with respect, whether it was the CEO or the president of a country, or it was a garbage man from the street, everybody with respect, this Humility about being a caring person is uh, really what uh, I think the value that I that I um, have that he instilled in me to value every human being and respect. You know, like um, a famous uh, person I can't remember the name, but I said I think it was Muhammad Ali that I can't respect the person who treats me well, but uh, mistreats the waiter that is waiting us. So that's the value that I. Um, really um, appreciated that he treated everybody and set an example for myself on how to treat people with respect, no matter what their position may be. Because mm. isn't it interesting, listeners, this word values, and obviously on various podcast episodes, you hear me enter this word uh, consistently. And, you know, there was a time in my life, uh, in my earlier life, where I just thought it was it was something that'd be nice to have. It'd be great to have this values thing I hear people talking about. And I never really understood, Arif, the power of, of really having holding dear values, not values that were convenient, that you could pick them up and put them down, but things that you could actually they were like pillars in your life. They were they were stable stepping, you know, reference points of these will guide me and keep me on the straight and narrow within reason. And, um, you know, in my humble opinion, there's not enough power, focus, energy, attention, call it what you will, given to the importance of values. Any thoughts around that, Arif? Power. Uh, I had a quote coming to mind, uh, Paul, about uh, really creating power in the now. And we all have this. And this is from John Maxwell, who said, when there's hope in the future, there's power in the now. A power that we bring to now is really to giving value and respecting other people and their opinion and staying humble. And in my opinion, hearing the other person out before speaking or before, um, you know, expressing our own opinions. This is another thing that I learned in life is always to listen. Everybody's got a story. We can't judge people based on uh, their current uh, situation. We just have to let them be themselves. Everybody's going through so many challenges today around the world and hearing people out is uh, I think one of the greatest values that we can bring to people, Paul. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Arif, uh, I want to ask you one big question as we draw towards a close. But before I do that, I'd invite you in to share your contact details with our listeners for the for the show notes. Um, so what, what is the best way that people can find out more about you, the amazing work? And I will say, listeners, the amazing work that Arif 
does, I would strongly encourage you to check this this beautiful soul out. But uh, how do we find you, Arif? Thank you very much, Paul, for the opportunity. And uh, again, the uh, website, our website is going to be up by end of the month, and that is uh, www.arifgilani.com. That's A-R-I-F. G-I-L-A-N-Y.com. And I look forward to the future with uh, brighter hopes as we share some valuable information with uh, people who are willing to make a change in their lives, Paul. Thank you. So the big question then, just as, as we finally draw towards the close, Arif, on this Soulful Leaders podcast episode, you know, two simple words, Soulful Leaders. So, you know, you, you know, you started the episode by sharing your definition, your insight of what that is. If somebody comes to you, Arif, and says, Arif, I've listened to your episode. It was great. Soulful leaders. I found it fascinating, but I don't know where to start. Give me some advice. Give me some guidance, please. What would you say to them, Arif? I would say, Paul, leadership starts with self. I mean... <clears throat> All of the things that the pillars that we share with people, as you have shared with me many times, start with ourselves. We all the leaders of our lives. We all the leaders of our families before we can be the leaders of anybody. So setting an example personally to taking care of our health, to taking care of our uh, businesses, our finances. That's really where we start. Leadership starts from inside. It starts with the person before we can lead anybody. Again, it's not about leading armies into battle, but it's about changing ourselves from within, having more awareness, you know, tapping into our consciousness and then connecting with the right-minded people. Really, people around us are very, so very important. That's why I'm excited to have this connection with you, Paul. And I'm looking forward to changing me first uh, before we can impact other people. Mm, great advice, great advice. So, listeners, there we have it. Um, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I always enjoy talking to Arif. As I said, he's a beautiful soul. And so, you know, I'm going to use a word that, uh, yet again, in my humble opinion, and I hope it doesn't come across as being judgmental, when I say there is a word that's thrown around like confetti these days, and that word is authentic. From my experience of being having the pleasure of many conversations with Arif, this beautiful soul is authentic and on that uh, on that positive note to use an arifism i'm going to close by saying this remember the world's changing how will you respond thanks very much for listening to this world game changers podcast episode hopefully you found it interesting and helpful drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the world is changing. How will you respond?